Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. You can get yours now for two easy payments of $24.99. Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest, Sean Barger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with Sean Barger, the founder and CEO of CPU Coin. But before we start talking to Sean, let's grab that crypto news from the Crypto Jet. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to the Cryptocurrency News in a flash with the Crypto Jet. Cardano Foundation is sued by former research partner. Bitcoin miner stumbles upon $8 million in stash from 2010 and he sells it before the crash. Ethereum co-founder pronounces 20th century world order dead. That's a cryptocurrency news in a flash with a crypto jet. And it's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, crypto jet. So Mitch, we've got a double header tonight. You excited about that? I am. I am. I'm, I'm like, I, I was I was really excited till I seen the next inning didn't start till 930. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be a late one, but a cup of coffee. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Do you do. guys will be listening to listening to this a few weeks after this uh, second interview we do tonight releases. But um, we're going to be releasing the very first hint uh, for the 2.1 BTC. Uh, hidden picture puzzle. So um, it's going to be exciting. I'm kind of interested to learn more about that and maybe take a chance at winning a couple of Bitcoins. So heck yeah, it's going to be fun. First, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, CPU coin though. Sean's got a really cool project going on and I'm interested in learning more. To be honest, I haven't really researched this project at all. So I don't, I don't really know what they got going on in the back end. So I'm eager to get in and figure out uh, what it's all about. So Sean, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Great to meet you guys, and and thanks for the intro. Yeah, I, I'm I really like your format, and I'm really excited about uh, uh, about our project as well. I mean, we've we spent a lot of time uh, really thinking it through, both from you know how you know how we're handling our our vesting token to you know uh, building a uh, next generation automatically scaling deservices platform to you know um, creating a a sharing economy for compute power. So it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's a very exciting, um, uh, rewarding project thus far. I just, I just came back from, uh, from TNA BC, the, um, the North American, uh, Bitcoin conference and, and, uh, had a great, uh, had a great show there meeting a lot of different, uh, bit angels and, uh, and, you know, blockchain, aficionados. So I'm really excited. That's awesome. Well, it uh, sounds like you've got a pretty good background in this kind of space. So I'm really excited to see what you bring to the table. So why don't you give us a quick rundown real quick on what CPU coin actually does, how it works and what separates it from other coins out there? Yeah. So just a little bit about me first. I mean, I, um, I'm, I always like to build things that, that actually deliver on the value. Um, and uh, I have a, a quite a, a long history in games. I don't know if you if you saw that on my on my LinkedIn. Yeah, but, you helped create yeah. Tetris, right? Yeah, I was actually the original That's producer so of Spectrum Polybyte. That's amazing, man. <laughs> that I remember so back cool. in like elementary school, <laughs> I thought I was the freaking Tetris master. You know, of course it was probably terrible, but I, I was my favorite game. 
Yeah, I mean, there was a point after, you know, after kind of producing um, all the the U.S., um, you know, desktop versions of it, right? So uh, the, for the original first release, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, was DOS. Uh, and then we did, uh, you know, a number of releases on, on, on PCs, including uh, Apple II Plus and Commodore 64 and Amiga and, you know, all of those. And then Nintendo came out with the, with the game cartridge and uh, a little trivia is that nobody, nobody knew we didn't have the worldwide rights for all versions. So we only had the worldwide rights for the PC versions. No way. So oh, it was wow. like a re- I mean, literally it was a huge shock when, when, uh, when Tetris came out on game boy and was a massive hit. Right. Um, uh, they kind of copied our Mac version. So I was kind of proud of that, but at any rate, yeah. So I, I, I know Alexi. I, I, uh, it was just a, it's, it's a fun story to, to cover because it was really an interesting, um, you know, happenstance. I mean, it was my first job in California when I moved out, uh, moved out here, and, um, and while I was there uh, at, at uh, Spectrum Holobyte, uh, they brought this little Microsoft Basic game around and said, hey, you know, what do you guys think of this? And I took it home for the weekend and came back and said, I, I'd produce it. I like this a lot. And he said, well, Brutabund passed it up. Electronic Arts passed on it. Activision passed on it. And if you want it, we can get this. And, uh, and I took it and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, it became one of the largest, uh, one of the largest uh, game franchises in the history of man. Um, well, so I will cool. tell you this, it's done, it's done what <laughs> yeah. Google has for its own name. Tetris is a verb for me at this point. Right. And anytime right, I go yeah. grocery shopping or like, so I, I used to buy and sell stuff on Craigslist to pay for college for like two or three years straight. And so when I would go out of town on a road trip to go sell something, I'd pack everything else in that car. I could possibly shove in there. Maybe I'd sell something else along the way. And I'd be like, I'm the Tetris master. Cause I could shove it all in here. <laughs> Same with the dishwasher. It's like, it's, I use it in day to day. I love it yes. so much. Package, packaging, loading the cars. Oh yeah. My daughter packed her car for college and she's like, dad, I can't get all my stuff in here. And I'm like, oh boy. And I looked at the back of her car. I said, take everything out. She said, what? Take it all out. I packed all yeah, her funny. stuff in there and had room for even more stuff that she was planning on bringing. She goes, how in the heck did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you never played Tetris, did you, kid? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's a, so it, it is, it is, um, it is addicting. I mean, it's a super addicting game, as you know, and now you got Tetris 99, which is fantastico uh, on, uh, on switch. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, 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 it's lasted the test of time. And, um, and so, uh, you know, after that, I kind of uh, produced a whole bunch of games for THQ. And then I went off and did uh, Debabalizer, which is a batch processing tool, which is from back in the day. We sold over a million copies. It was next to Fry's. That is in Photoshop. Uh, uh, Fry's next to Photoshop and uh, for over 10 years. And, and then, um, then we invented dynamic imaging, um, which is called MediaRich uh, Server, which, you know, currently we sell today. Um, and is actually the, has become the first decentralized service in CPU coin. So CPU coin is basically, um, just to kind of cut to the chase is, is, is like having a, a backend service, like on AWS, where, where you, where you connect to things with your phone, right? Everything that's hosted in the cloud is hosted on AWS or Azure or a number of different cloud providers, right? And, 
And we, we looked at this at first from the standpoint of, wow, this is a lot of expensive hardware and it's creating, you know, it's a, it's a $1 trillion um, hardware spend a year uh, that's growing, um, you know, the, the eco footprint of data centers around the globe, right? So we said, okay, just like Filecoin, if you know anything about, you know, the Filecoin project, uh, we said, well, nobody's really done a real CPU sharing economy, a CPU GPU share economy, uh, and done it in a way that makes it possible for people to migrate existing applications very quickly into it into the sharing economy, and that's that's what we've done. Um, we've created a way so that if you've got, let's say, a Docker instance, you can uh, very soon you'll be able to add our shim, and then that instance gets certified and then deployed on our network and then automatically scales on. Right now it's uh, on our beta network where you we have an installable miner. You can go and install it uh, on any PC. So 78% of the machines on the planet are Windows uh, PCs or servers, right? Uh, and then the Linux version is coming out next. And so that'll kind of cover most of the world. Um, and then of course, then we have you know the ability to then put that same miner software on mobile devices or uh, you know uh, smaller handheld devices we're in discussions with a with a new hardware device manufacturer is going to release millions of 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 java uh wallet uh machines if you will for the unbanked in africa and uh and imagine being able to opt in to our network powering you know global communication and IOT and other services with different microservices and paying the people that just spent a hundred bucks to have this unbanked wallet. Okay. Are now earning CPU coin. Okay. That's, that's what we're doing. We're making it so it's possible for anybody to earn for their unused compute power and, and deploying decentralized services uh, on that. And the first one of course is the media gen D service. Um, which, like I said, we invented that in, in 2000 at Equilibrium, and we've licensed that to the CPU coin project um, as a subset of the tech um, for creating dynamic imaging and just-in-time delivery of content. So I'm sure you have a thousand questions now, but basically it's really exciting. I feel like I'm, I'm giving something back to humanity right now with this because it really is going to create enable 770 million machines that are doing nothing right now, but they're on to provide network services without having to uh, expand the eco footprint. So that's like a perfect segue into who your favorite superhero is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was kidding. No, I, I had to do that. You know, I, I'm really curious as to, you know, I love the fact of what you're doing as far as, being able to allow users to actually earn from something that they already have just not being used. Um, it's almost like uh, it's almost like rideshare in a sense, right? Because right. you have, yeah. you have this part of your system that's not being used most of the time, but it, this, I don't know how you would implement that, but um, I mean, you guys obviously figured that out. So I'm curious to learn more about that, but yeah. being the, the line of, the line of work you've been in for the last, yeah, we're going to say 30 years almost now. <laughs> well, yeah, games and then, yeah, I've been, I've been hosted, I've been in like 
you know, uh, services for processing and delivering content uh, to uh, websites, right? For I mean, we power Warner Brothers and right. And, so it only uh, makes sense that you got into crypto. But how did you get into crypto? What, when, and how? And what was your ter- first token that you bought? Because I'm sure you hold some crypto. Yeah, I hold a little crypto. You know, um, I I'm not I'm not I'm not a whale by any stretch. I, I'm I'm not like Michael Turpin who is who's uh, an advisor and, and is, uh, you know, our PR firm over transform group. Um, but, uh, we, you know, about two years ago, um, we had come up with, uh, at equilibrium, my other company, a, um, a content compliance cloud. And then we started doing the math on what it would take to do the back end and how much content we would be dealing with and the cost, et cetera. And a full half of the $10 million Series B round would have gone to um, AWS or Azure. We said, well, wait a second now. Yeah. You know, I, I took, I've been looking at cryptocurrency for a while. I've been looking at blockchain. It's, it's fascinating stuff. I really started studying it. And then I brought in, uh, you know, our first uh, CTO who, um, who became our uh, chief architect who was the 30th employee at, uh, at NetSuite. He was the original core engineer over at NetSuite. And then uh, we brought in uh, my CTO who's, um, who did Superfund and just finished. You've heard of Robinhood, the app for automatically trading cryptocurrencies? Yes. Okay. Well, he just did iFling, um, which is about to be released, or it was just released, which is for broker dealers who want to automatically trade cryptocurrencies for their, for their customers. So it's a, a whole nother kind of layer that they had to do. Um, uh, but actually, I'm sorry, not for cryptocurrency, but actually for stock. So it's a iFling broker dealer for stock application. So he's got a good experience in trading and financial services. And so I looked at this and I said, you know, uh, why, why not uh, do, you know, an ICO? Now this is when ICOs were just coming out of favor. Um, when we came, we went into that and then we decided to not do that. And instead we did an IEO on ProBit exchange, which is, um, which is a fairly small, but trustworthy exchange in Korea. Right. And, um, and we did an IEO there, which was successful. Um, our token is available there. We are an ERC 20 utility token. Um, we are a Cayman foundation company at CPUcoin. IO and we have a legal opinion of, as to a utility token and all of that. What that means is effectively we are, um, you know, a real uh, token that will be used and is being used on our existing sharing economy, right? So it's automatically paying uh, anybody who installs our miner. Uh, it's paying them for the productive work they're doing for others, right? We're not mining CPU coin per se, we're, we're, we're mining uh, productive work and getting paid in CPU coin, if that makes any sense. And we think that's actually if, where the future is going. We think that everything isn't just about uh, mining currency for my compute to get that currency. As a matter of fact, we're making it so it's seamless. We think enterprise adoption comes when anybody can, you just saw, I don't know if you saw that those announcements that Square just got the patents for automatically converting cryptocurrency from and to fiat, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're really getting really big into this now. And I think that we're on the verge. I mean, I, I 
I see all these naysayers and I see all these people out there uh, that you come across that are like, oh, that's a scam. Or that, No, no, no. This is one of those magic moments in history, guys, where Web 3.0 is being invented and it's connecting blockchain and cryptocurrency with the web and mobile. And, and, and that's going to harden the environment and make things ha happen in a much more um, transparent and secure way and, um, and in, in an autonomous way, which is a bit scary, I think, for a lot of companies because the whole idea of CPU coin and the reason why we have a utility token and why we have to have our own coin, people always say, why do you have your own coin? Why don't you just do this? Why do you? Well, because we, we have a, a network that's going to run autonomously uh, and pay all the constituencies. So if you're a developer and you deploy your D service on our network, you will automatically get paid in CPU coin. The, the miners get paid in CPU coin and we accept uh, fiat and other currencies that gets converted in CPU coin. So CPU coin is the blood in the system that makes it all work, right? You know, I think one of the things that people fail to realize is it's not just one thing that evolves, right? We all, everything evolves together as we move forward. And so what that means is while we start getting these new types of payment methods with, that are especially enabled by blockchain as a data structure, um, we as humans and our processes also evolve. So a lot of people start thinking, well, this is inefficient, you know, to handle things with private keys. This sucks. I've got to remember my private key. And well, that's not the point. Eventually, it doesn't matter what you remember. It's your refrigerator needs that private key so it can restock itself, right. you know, or your car needs that private key so it can pay for the gas mm -hmm. or excuse me, so it can pay for the recharge at the recharge station when it goes to pick up your groceries right. or, you know, whatever. So like the, the whole ecosystem is evolving together. And until you see all those pieces separately and then reconnect them 50 years down the road, you're not going to see the bigger picture. That ties kind of right into what you're doing with the concept of digital resources being the valuable assets of the future, whether that's sure. your data, whether yeah. that's your CPU or computing power. Yeah. It's, it's where we're headed. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a hidden killer though. I mean, I wrote an article on this and published it out there. Um, you could look it up, but basically um, I look at it this way. If we keep on just building to build, to make money, meanwhile, 8.6% 8 of the total um, uh, CO2 gases uh, currently are coming from data centers, right? It's the same thing, but it's hidden, right? It's not the, it's not the same thing as car. It's the same thing as cars, but it's, it, it's, it's hidden. You don't see it. You're not driving in it, right? It's just invisible to us. Desposito is a great example, right? You've heard about the, the, the video that, that broke the $5 billion view barrier. Okay. Yep. Well, that took the electricity of 44,000 homes in the United States for a year to display that one video 5 billion times. Okay. So we're going to have to think about how everything gets done here. And I'm, I'm really a big believer that, that to reduce the eco footprint that so we can survive as, as a species, we actually need to do it at all at all points, you know, at the, at the, uh, at the pump, at the gas, uh, at the, at the car level, at the road level, at, uh, you know, at every office building, everything has to be calm, eco-neutral as fast as possible. 
to reverse the cycle, right? Absolutely. And, and part of that is going to be that transition to like full cloud compute situations because, you know, you, right now everybody's got so many unused resources. And that is not only unused computing power, that's unused actual electricity from actual physical resources. You know? Right. Yeah. And the delta between the delta between our services running on it and it just sitting there doing nothing uh, is 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 not so great. I mean, we have to do an actual scientific study on this. But the bottom line is, we are sure that utilizing the existing CPU comp compute power versus um, you know having to have your service scale uh, on a networked system on a hosted platform like AWS Azure is is less expensive both to because of the sharing element of it and also uh, from an eco footprint perspective because you're not buying right. a, you know you're not buying another machine to do that work right um, exactly. and, it, and it adds up right there's a lot of stuff that needs to get done to to serve all this content to uh, deliver uh, ETL websites to for IoT data collection, for GPS tracking, all this stuff is very, very, very um, bandwidth and CPU intensive, and um, and there's just massive amounts of of, of teraflops uh, available out there um, that are doing nothing, right? So we're just really excited about that possibility and that opportunity, um, and um, and we think that that a lot of these CPU sharing projects that are out there are great. And, and some of them are taking the tact of going after, um, you know, installing apps inside of website uh, websites, which is something that we're looking at actually doing with our media gen as well. Um, so that like, you know, Definity, you know, can, de can deploy um, in inside of websites anywhere. And that's eff effectively what, um, we're doing with our portable image processing engine. So the ability, the, the, it, 20 years ago, I proposed the compute uh, content generation network uh, to Akamai, okay, in a, in a meeting to those guys. The time was way ahead of its time, right? They were just replicating caches and for the most part, they still are, right? So um, the ability to decentralize the actual operation of generating new content makes, makes the act of delivering and generating content more efficient because you're not just putting it everywhere. You're only putting it where it's needed on a per rendition basis, right? And that's, that's one of our uh, you know, claims of fame, one of our patents on the media-rich uh, server product. Um, I think that the ability to do that for everything and auto scale is going to be a boon for developers and publishers alike, because anybody who wants to deploy, like I said, it was going to cost us 5 million bucks to do this content compliance cloud, just in kind of getting this network ready and scalable as it, as it grew. Right. And right now, the way our system works, we change the front end decentralized app and we, we point it to CPU coin and it automatically does the requests and determines what machines are right and the bandwidth that's available to deliver the content and it does it on a decentralized way. And so that, that 
basic ability to eliminate the stack up, right? And to have to do all of this manual work and administration is going to be a boon for developers. And as a new market, actually, I believe for all uh, Docker uh, services and deservices, if that makes any sense. It does. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little bit lost but I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a technical, um, a technical wizard. Like, uh, the professor is I'm, I'm your average Joe, you know, and I'm still, you know, I've been sure. in this for two years and I'm still learning a lot. And my CPU is a little freaking overloaded, um, with all the information that I take in on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm all about sharing somebody else's CPU's memory, man, because I need more. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this: what, what are your thoughts on crypto taxes? What are your thoughts on taxes on cryptocurrencies? Well, um, you know, it's really interesting because I think taxes. Uh, I think the current, you know, uh, state, uh, of course, is that uh, you know it, it's similar to stock, right? Where you know, you, you buy and sell and, and you have to pay on the, on the Delta, um, on your positions, right? Right. Uh, your, your gains, if you will. Um, and they're offset to the extent that, um, you have losses in the same, uh, currency and, or, and or market. Right. Um, but I, I actually think that, the problem with with it is it's slightly different than stock options because sometimes you can have a value right of a token but there's no market for it so therefore how do you actually value it and uh, you know i think you have to say that until there's a liquid market for the token there is no value so so people like me who have taken, who've jumped in and did an IEO and have a liquid token, you know, uh, it's great to be listed at 17 cents on, on probit.kr, right? Probit.com. But um, only to the extent that if, if, if you want to go uh, buy it, great. There's lots of sellers, but uh, uh, there's not a lot of listed buyers, right? Because there's, it's, it's a new token and, you know, people are just getting used to the, the idea of what we're doing and, and, you know, cryptocurrency has had its um, ups and downs. And right now it's in a, what I would call a, what do you call an altcoin winter, right? Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. We, we know that one well. You know that one well, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as you can see though, the, the financial coins have lots of action and there's a lot of trading and there's a lot of people speculating with that, right? Um, but I look at it this way, um, uh, from the standpoint of, and it kind of, you kind of, I kind of covered my thoughts on taxes, but I look at it this way. Um, I've always wanted to be the, to be in a place where I'm at the, I'm in the wild, wild west, right? I've always said, well, what, what would I, I'm an inventor, right? So what would I have invented back in, if I was like, you know, searching for gold in, in, in California, the gold rush, right? What would I have created? Would I create Levi's? Would I have created Coca-Cola? Would I have, would I have, you know, you know, invented or created ACE hardware, you know, that is where we are today in cryptocurrency. And so the, the opportunities are actually massive 
for, for there's so many opportunities because everything is going to become a trend, you know, an automatic transaction. Now we're, we're building a whole different world. It's crazy. So we have to hire new. And stuff. I've been all over the pack rim and I've been spending a lot of my time in, in, in China and Korea and uh, Hong Kong and, uh, and really studying because they, you know, you know, the big trade shows here look like a meetup on a Wednesday in, in Seoul. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, really, you should see the real shows. The real shows have gigantors, full led screens all the way across the back of the presenter. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole nother level what's going on over there. And, and we're asleep at the wheel actually, uh, here. Um, oh, yeah. if, you, if you think about it, you've got, um, You've got China that has announced they're going to phase in their own cryptocurrency to, to replace the, the RMB. You've got Alibaba Pay with you know 1.4 billion users already. You've got a Cacao Pay. Pretty soon, you're going to be going to a store and you're going to have an Alipay option. I've already started to see it in a number of places, right? Instead of PayPal and Venmo. But what does that mean though? That means that somebody else is winning the crypto battle and we don't even know what's happening, right? Basically. There's so many things in the US that we're just so far behind. And I don't know if it's like politics holding everything back or just the mindset of people in general, but it's like there's this, this unwillingness to change and accept new technologies. And I know it's not everybody, but it's just, I don't know, there's something about it that drives me nuts because there's so many other countries that are so willing to adopt this new stuff but, and just take it and run with it. But consider that our government is 95 years old on an average. Every guy yeah. in there <laughs> is above the age of 70 for God's sake. Yeah. You know, do these guys really want change at this point in their lives. No. Well, so, it's also the banks, right? The well, banks, yeah. the banks are, are, are very afraid, but yes. to be, let's be clear. You know, I've sat on a, on a panel, um, uh, uh, it, you know, and uh, kind of uh, uh, where was it? It was uh, been so many panels, but it was a uh, kind of an innovators panel at um, at the Blockchain Week in Vegas, and and the, this you know people brought up the whole Libre situation, and they they you know people started talking about what will t- what will it take to make uh, mass enterprise adoption, and I said, well, I hope competition will because um, effectively. Uh, you know, you can either let the U.S. innovators operate, okay, uh, or um, you're going to let China just come in and take, take it over. over. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and 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 effectively, though, I mean, they should be afraid in many ways. And what's what's interesting to me, I just I don't know if you've looked at this. I don't know if you're a B of A customer by chance, but if no. you go look at your B of A app right now and you scroll down, they have something that says digital wallets, uh, you know, unavailable. So they have digital wallets. They're trying to say, we're working on digital wallets. Don't worry. Right. Right. And people thinking about it. Well, they're not just thinking about it. I know for a lot, I know, I know for a lot of companies, um, there, uh, there are a lot of backend operations happening, uh, related to, blockchain particularly and and cryptocurrency generally certainly in financial communities right oh absolutely i was i was meaning they're getting their users thinking about it so which oh is, yeah 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 no, something, exactly something yeah. that mitch and i 
really love is the, the concept of adoption and, you know, educating the, the people that are just getting into this. And it's, it's always nice to see little things like that that just kind of get people's mindsets. It doesn't say, hey, go look up cryptocurrency and learn about Bitcoin. Right. But it gets them thinking that there's maybe a, a new type of transition that we're going to start seeing with our payment mechanisms. So it kind of gets them in the right mindset for what's coming down. Because let's be honest, once it starts hitting the stage that we call quote unquote mass adoption, it's not going to look like crypto today. It's going to look like the PayPal of 2025 or whatever, you know, so. Right. And, 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 there, and then, and so let's go back to those, you know, those opportunities again. Right. I remember when, you know, as far as buying tokens and getting in early, right. That's, that's the whole, I think the whole concept behind all coins is if you can, if you can find the diamonds in the rough and you can get in early, right. And, and, and collect uh, their tokens. Um, it would be like buying Amazon, you know, the, you know, the, the e-tailer stock when the WAP phone ordering mechanism was in place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you could buy Amazon when the WAP phone, which I was fascinated by um, back in New Jersey, where I was originally raised, I actually, um, had that WAP phone interface and I would just sit there ordering albums with the, you know, that said the, you know, Steely Dan, you press the button and it would show up in your mailbox two days later. I was fascinated by that connectivity on a WAP phone. Right. And, 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 and that's what cryptocurrency provides though. This is what people aren't understanding. If you know that the project is real and the team is real and they're way ahead, you can go in and yeah, you can get, a hundred thousand at twenty cents today, and when it's four bucks and doing forty million dollars in volume a day, when one of the largest banks in the world is using a platform like ours to to do their data analysis on the edge, you know, uh, you got in early, right? And that's what that, and that's what's changing, I believe is that the, the, the ability to finance things that venture capital would never finance. Oh, okay? or exactly. If they, right? I mean, they would never finance it. So therefore, is it's power to the people yep. is what's happening. Exactly. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. You know, the, the innovation has created all this opportunity and so many people having this ability to get in on these opportunities, um, whereas – for, for centuries, it's been, you know, the credited investor was the only one allowed to get into uh, an angel investment opportunity, you know, and now today people can get into an angel investment with 50 bucks and turn that 50 bucks into a hundred thousand, if it be right. You know what I mean? Well, sure. And that's actually, and that's the thing is the expectation, you know, the thing is our, you know, for example, our, in our case, because we are a utility token, we are providing a value per, per coin, right? So, so we are literally providing the equivalency of $5 worth of CPU power on our network. That's what you get per coin, okay? Now, to the extent that you can pay as you go and get, you know, $20 worth by, by effectively managing how and when you use the service, or if you use, we have different tiers, right? So there's tier one, which is on-prem for testing. Tier two is SAS 70 compliant, which is like, you know, you know, high-end data centers. Tier, tier three and tier four. Four is like you want to process a billion images, right? And you don't care 
how long it takes. You don't care how, you just want to be as cheap as possible and you want to send it across the planet, right? Okay, that's, that's where you're going to save a lot of money, right? Uh, a lot of money. And, and, and you'll save, you know, maybe 80% of your bill, um, uh, your AWS bill uh, by using our SAS 70 sharing economy. Uh, you'll, 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 pay, you'll save 95% by using you know a tier four where it's like a batch process and you just need to get it done and you don't you don't you know when it's gonna you know how long it's gonna get that that is also the beauty of 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 cryptocurrency and utility tokens when you buy it you you can buy it and you can sell it but you can also use it and as a matter of fact we're adding we're making it so that um you'll you'll be able to earn CPU coin and buy groceries you know, via the coin payment system at an e-tailer in CPU coin, right? So the world is changing so fast right now with this and people are asleep. Uh, many people are asleep at the wheel, but I, I think that the opportunity is so great that people are going to wake up really quick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's staggering how fast things are already moving and to think about how how the momentum is just going to continue to grow exponentially um, is, mind, yes. is it's totally mind-boggling because we're at that point right now. Uh, we're almost at that point of terminal velocity, and things are just going to keep going faster and faster and faster until we hit terminal velocity. Um, and it's curious to see how that's going to play out. But you know something, Sean? This has been an amazing podcast with you. I, I hate to cut this off. I'm going to let the professor <laughs> ask you one more question. Um, but then, you know, I would, I'm sure he would too. We would both love to have you back on again um, later in the future here. Uh, not, not, sure. not, not a very distant future either. Love to have you back mm. on the show. It was really a joy. Yeah. Great chatting with you guys too. I mean, uh, a lot of, we went through a lot of different thoughts about many different, uh, different subjects and, uh, I really think that that uh, that the opportunity for blockchain cryptocurrency is the biggest thing I've seen since Web 1.0 as, as an opportunity, both for for careers and for company growth and for uh, innovation. You know, buyers of tokens, yes. right? So, yeah, not investors; they're buyers of tokens. Right? <laughs> Absolutely, it is the next paradigm shift in the technology space. After all, right? Yeah. All right. So one last question before we go here, we're going to dig into the question box to oh, see yeah. what we got here. So uh, if you could have 1000 of anything red, what would you want most of all? Of anything red as in R-E-D? The color red. Yes. 1000 of anything red. I would like to have a thousand cherries. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, I would take that too, but they've got to be flathead cherries. Have you ever had a flathead cherry? Uh, I guess no, actually. <laughs> I like the uh, most people haven't because they, they come from the Flathead Lake up in the far northwest corner of Montana. Oh, up, I'm uh, sure they're amazing. Like Polson and Kalispell. Sounds like Traverse City cherries. <sighs> yeah, it's so damn good. And of course, you know, there's every state's got its one place that has their cherry spot, but oh yeah. That's usually <laughs> where they have the cherry festival in Michigan. Good time. Yeah, I look forward to meeting you guys in person down the road too. We'll connect with you one of these days. 
I'll, I'll look you guys up next time I'm at any show and we'll just see if you're there. But yeah, uh, perfect, perfect, beautiful. All right, you'll you'll know if we're there. It'll be all yeah. over our we'll be around right. a while. <laughs> we don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. So, not a chance. Awesome. Well, it was good talking to you so much, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing a little bit more research on CPU coin and seeing if I want to take a trip Heck down yeah. there. All right, yeah, take a look at it at cpucoin.io. All right, sir. Thank you. Have a great evening, Sean. All right. Have a good one, guys. It was Thanks a pleasure. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Yeah, same here. Bye bye. I always love ones like that where we can get a little deeper on the tech side. Even even though I know you sit there and staring <laughs> off into the distance, going, "Would you stop no, I talking don't, about I don't. this I'm shit?" I'm trying but... to absorb as much I as like I it. can. I like it. And I love to listen to it, even though it's like <laughs> it's kind of like listening to two foreigners speak in a different language. You know, but it's colorful language, so I like to listen to it. I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but it's still fun to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was a funny situation this time because we were we were going into this thinking it was somebody else because the person on the uh, invite it was yeah. a different name who was supposed to be talking to us today. So, um, which is cool because we ended up getting to talk to the founder and actually being able to get some unique insight on how to how CPU coin came to be and some deeper technical analysis right. on it. And then to find out he helped make Tetris. God, it was like, that's like talking right? to like, Joe Montana man. on the freaking telephone. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. And I, I would say we probably have to give a shout out to Hippie Nerd on this oh, one. Oh, for sure. Um, our research department, because we she had researched for this other person. And then we started recording and realized we were talking with Sean. And so I sent her a text and I was like, Emergency, <laughs> we have a different person. No. <laughs> so she jumps. I'm not joking, man. I was this wondering how serious. she jumped in there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't magic. She jumped in the notes doc and it was like, I got yeah. you. Hold on. <laughs> I'm on it. And, and all of a sudden, oh. there was like this message popped up. He helped make Tetris. And I was like, right. oh my God. That was crazy. The best thing. Oh. I love Tetris. So that was really cool. This yes. was a cool experience. Um, what a fun podcast this was. Yeah. I love ones like this that are well, I like how he didn't jump and, right into the project right out of the gate. Well, let me tell you a little bit of back, about background about me. Okay. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. We, we get a lot of people that they've set up a podcast to talk right. about their company. So, of course, that's the first thing they're going to – I mean, why, why would you talk about anything else? In, in most cases, that would seem weird to just get on and start talking about something else. People don't. So it's really nice when they connect and they're just totally comfortable going into whatever subject and we can talk about whatever and then we get back to the project. But it, it feels less shilly that way and I really love it. Right. Well, I think, you know, I think the pre-conversation that we had and, you know, just is, uh, when they start asking about the structure and how we format it and this and that, and it's like, dude, just pretend you're at a campfire, drinking a beer with a couple of buddies, shooting the shit. Do you guys like take turns talking? Yep. No, you interrupt each other. You laugh, you, you know, I mean, that's what Drop you do. Bomb or two. Exactly. Just have a good time. Three or four beers right. in, you're good to go. Beers, you get a little slobbery and okay, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk anymore. Gotta right. split this off. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a good podcast. And I look forward to the next one. Absolutely. We're going to be uh, going like crazy on releases now. Hell you guys yeah. are probably going to be getting episodes like every two days. So I hope you'll love it. Oh, that's going to be so sick. The, the, the listeners are going to love it because they're, they're, they're going to be like buried in content. We need to start circling back and getting some repeats on here. Cause there's a lot of people that I would really love to talk to again. Yeah. If you've been on our show, watch out because round <laughs> two might be right around the corner. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this one. It was a great episode. A lot of fun to do. 
We continue to do it for you guys and for us because we love the hell out of it. Can't lie. Thank you so much for your support and continuing to follow us and spread the word on Twitter and the other social avenues. I love it, man. Thank you so much. You guys have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Peace.